Released on Sunday, October 22nd, 2017. This Agile Life, episode 133. The tribe has spoken at Agile Tribal Council. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hi everyone, I'm John Sextro. I'm Craig Buchek. And I'm Jason Tice. And I am not in a bathtub tonight. That's good. Hmm. That must be a podcast I missed. Oh, it was. It, it was, Craig. It was our episode with Lee where we were talking about great bathtubs. And then recently at the 2017 Agile Midwest Conference, uh, in the wee hours of the morning, a couple of fellow Agilists from St. Louis uh, decided to go take a group picture in the big bathtub that I had in my room. And the evidence is uh, now forever in social media. So uh, ah. so uh, thank you to Lee for the great show title a couple episodes ago. Uh, again, our episode was called Great Bathtubs. And um, we got to act out the show title in real life. So um, again, Joe, Jenny, you guys all know who was in that bathtub. So uh, thanks for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Well, we will have to get a photo of that and include it into the a link on the show notes or something. We'll I mean, do, we'll just give you a link to the tweet. It's out there. You can, perfect. You could then people can respond and give us feedback because we all know here at this Agile Life we love feedback. So if you guys haven't taken a, a few minutes to give us some feedback on an episode, uh, we invite you to do that. And it is your feedback that helps us improve this podcast. Indeed. Okay, Craig. So you had a topic for the show. What would um, you like to speak about? So we've we've talked a lot about servant leadership, but I thought maybe we could talk about uh, leading by example. Hmm, leading by example. Never heard of it. Really? Interesting. I'll I'll throw. A, can I, Craig? Can I throw a metaphor out there and see what you think of it? Of course, I was kidding. Uh, extreme programming believes in metaphors, so I think you can use a metaphor. So what if I start with parenting? Oh, that's a very good example. Yeah. So this idea that we should model things that our kids will will hopefully emulate, although um, something that I know I've learned as a parent is you don't realize that many times your children don't have the basis to understand your behavior because they're still they're still learning. But the but the intent is there, and I think people get the intent. So so that's do as I do as I say, not as I do, right? Well, I, I think that that's um, that's interesting because you know if we're talking with like teams, it's it's like from a leadership perspective, you may you know suppose you have working agreements and you happen to also be in a leadership position on that team. Uh, I would say that you should be held accountable to the same working agreements if you're a member of the team that all the team members are. So to me, that's you know it's practice what you preach. Yeah, Craig, I thought Jason was going to go a little bit of a different direction with his comment about parenting, not in a bad way or anything, but just that uh, there's a lot of times when you your children, well, 95% of the time I think your children don't realize that they're being led by example, and sometimes even we as parents forget that our example oh, yeah. is leading. And, and so, you know, sometimes that's how they pick up some of our bad behaviors, uh, but certainly mm-hmm. you, the children don't don't know that that they're leading by example or that we are leading by example and as such i think that sort of introduces some risk into the into that model into the lead by example model so so do as i say not as i do is is pretty much the opposite though right i think so because you're not leading by example you're you're leading through you're leading through words and through just uh, di- being directive and asserting dominance over your children. Oh, no. By <laughs> fiat. Oh, boy. Uh, someone brought that up. I don't know. Just to me, though, I think that it's interesting. We, on this prior episodes, we've talked a lot about trust. And I, I, I go back to, you know, do what I say versus what I do. It's I think you build trust greater by, again, demonstrating that you're part of the effort 
you know, by making a contribution versus just barking out orders. So the, the, the other thing is leading by example. Uh, I mean, Jason's assuming that I mean uh, that for people in a leadership role, uh, but leading by example is not necessarily that at all. Um, and the one case where I had a team that, that, that Amos and I would say was all leaders uh, at different points in time, you know, none, uh, not all of those people were in leadership positions, but they showed leadership uh, at various times. And that's because they led by example. Well, if anything, Craig, I think that's a really good piece of advice that we should direct, direct attention to. If we're on an agile team, the way agile teams are meant to function and self-organize, really everybody is a leader. And I think the way that you can judge leadership is by assessing who's actually modeling the most impactful behaviors. And as people observe the the value and the impact of those behaviors, I mean, if you understand how to contribute and, and you want to be part of that team, I think you'd be ill-advised to not try to follow that pattern. So I think I think by injecting this mindset into an agile team, we create an environment where everyone could be a leader, which is great. I think you're right, Jason. Well, I think you're... I think what you're saying is is uh, absolutely on on the mark. What I what I would follow up with on that is that we we do create teams in a way in which we we desire for everyone to have an equal opportunity to lead. Uh, I think in practice, what happens in a lot of teams is that some people tend to sort of um, this will come out wrong, but sort of shirk their leadership duty or decide not to lead and sort of be, be comfortable standing aside and letting others lead them. Maybe that's okay, and maybe that's what we'll talk about uh, here tonight. Well, I think the opposite is usually the case, though. It's usually that one person is asserting their dominance, and then the other people don't feel like they are able to step up uh, when the need arises. So did you have a, a an example or a circumstance, Craig, that happened recently that that made the topic of, of leading by example? top of mind for you um actually i heard it discussed but i don't recall where um leading by example was was a discussion on um actually i think it was a podcast called uh, greater than code come to think of it well you've broken the the number one rule of podcasting <laughs> mentioning another podcast no just kidding uh, well, I mean, uh, that, it's that not you mean it's not your own yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's a couple of humility, please, fellas. Humility. Yes. There's a couple of examples of situations where uh, ex- leading by examples not happening, at least maybe not in a federated or in a self organizing enough way. Craig mentioned you've got a situation where one person is trying to assert dominance. I talked about uh, a team where. Some people were leading, but some people were comfortable sort of sitting uh, at the back of the bus and allowing the leaders to drive. Uh, Jason, do you have some other models or examples of? Oh, I have a hobby for which I which I will confess here for which I have a whole lot of examples. Does um, it have to do with conferences? No, it doesn't. Live but events. It has to do with something you might do on the way to or from a conference, which is, you know what? I'm going to take a break and I'm going to watch me some good old fashioned reality television like like Survivor. No, no, no. So you Uh, can Survivor is pretty good about the the leadership, though, actually. Well, but see, you could study this from Survivor. And yes, it is contrived and is edited. But there are different personas of this where, you know, you have the alpha type person in a tribe who will come in, will take charge and will effectively put a target on their back to get eliminated because people don't like their dominance, kind of like John says. Um, but what happens when you see that is those tribes, when that when that type of a person inserts themselves, they typically tend to do pretty well because everybody follows the leader. And in a chaotic situation like a reality TV show like Survivor, you need someone that so, somehow direction needs to be set, but it can't be sustained. You then have the other the other extreme you see depicted on Survivor, and they do this through casting, where you put a bunch of people together and no one takes the initiative to step up, and the, the whole tribe falls apart and no one wants to be there, and they get voted out one by one because they lose all the challenges. They have to mutiny each other. Uh, so that's another scenario, which, again, if you're on a team and there isn't anyone who's modeling behaviors that provide value, 
that's something to be concerned about because you don't want to be that tribe where people just get voted out and you and you mutiny each other. And the last pattern that you see from on Survivor is people that want to fly under the radar, which I think is probably the most interesting one to talk about here. And I think this is one you see on Agile teams a lot where, okay, I, I'm not the leader. You know, maybe my team has like a, a named like a tech lead or a team lead or maybe maybe even a well-intentioned scrum master. So, okay, I'm just going to do whatever they say and kind of fly under the radar and not make waves because I don't want to cause distraction that could be blamed at me. And so you, you melt that for a while. So, but I mean, those are a few stereotypes you see play out very well on reality TV. Uh, I'll ask you guys, any relevance for teams or am I just seeing stuff because I watch too much reality TV when I'm working out? I would say that those kinds of things and those kinds of personalities um, do come out in, in teams. Um, but, but I think the more interesting question is how do we, how do we facilitate all those different kinds of people stepping up into, into leadership when, when that opportunity presents itself for that person? I got a good one. Again, why don't we borrow this from survivor? And actually I know some teams that have, I, you know who you are. You might have been in this retrospective with me once upon a time when we uh, we decided to act out tribal council. And uh, I tried to be Jeff Probst, which is fun, and um, kind of interview people. But if you ever – again, going back to Survivor, so sorry if you've never watched Survivor here. Uh, when the tribe goes to tribal council, uh, Jeff Probst uh, is an interesting little – I'm going to call him an evil facilitator because he intentionally <laughs> ruffles feathers, uh, which he's doing for entertainment value. But ultimately, he is surfacing data to enable the tribe to make a decision about how they can best survive as a team. So uh, – I mean, yeah, we're going to vote someone off the island. That's not a safe. That's not a safe ex- a metaphor for anyone on an agile team. But this idea of having a little bit of a, call it tribal council, where we maybe talk about, you know, what didn't go so well in that challenge, and we talk about, well, why did we lose the challenge, and and maybe there is a an individual uh, who has a specific error or a lack of leadership, and we talk about that specifically. Uh, that's not a bad thing for teams to do. Oh, I think that's an awful retrospective if you're blaming one person. Yeah, that's that violates like the prime directive. So, well, why well, why did that the question is why did that person act in that way? And and you can facilitate that. It's never I mean, if someone screws something up, it's not usually because they wanted to screw th- up the team. It's because some situation led them into that behavior. Yeah, but it, it's also th- there's one thing to admit admit wrong or admit that there is a mistake and there's another there's another aspect to say how does again how does management how does uh, designated leadership and how do the people around it really handle it so what i see in retros is we we as an agile community actually we were we were just talking about this at the agile midwest conference um uh, it was just held here in october 2017 that really in the agile community we sometimes are a little shy about talking about the individual aspects of a being on a team. And in this case, yeah, maybe, okay, yeah, I messed up. Fine, I'll admit that. I need my team, my manager, and my leader, you know, to acknowledge that and agree to move on. And I think what we see is because we don't really focus on those types of interpersonal skills sometimes in Agile, we we blame people and we get to this this climate where, oh, we can never talk about individual issues in a retro, even if it is an individual issue that's kind of holding our team back or causing problems. And, you know, one thing that I've tried to do, and I've I talked about this uh, this method before in in the context of building trust, uh, I, I read something and and have since uh, proved the fact that you can you can build a lot of trust with someone by asking to borrow a small amount of money from them. So if you, <laughs> if you meet not $80,000, you know, oh, like that's what you need to organize a conference. Okay. But like if we were, if I was on a new team with someone and I say, Hey, could I borrow a buck to, you know, get the, something from the vending machine from somebody. And of course I pay them back the next day. That act shows vulnerability on my side and helps build trust with the other person. But I've, so I've tried to extrapolate that into the context <laughs> of, of retrospectives where sometimes I'll try and make a, a, a do a stupid thing early on in a project and then call myself out on it in a retro 
uh, and not call not by name, but say that there was a thing that had happened. We should talk about how to maybe improve it to show a that I'm that I'm fallible and and b that I'm not beyond bringing bringing topics up in the retro that that affect me and that reflect back on things that I did to help build safety in the retro to show people uh, that this is a safe environment. Yeah, I think trust and safety on the team and especially in the retro are a fundamental um, requirement to get to the point where you have a team of leaders. Well, so let's 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 dive a little deeper on this, if I can. So let's say, hey, we're on a team. We're we're a high performing team. Yeah, hashtag HPT. We're doing that thing. Okay, chest bump. And you have the person who is the non performer, and maybe it's known to everybody. Maybe it's not, but there is the person who's the non performer. What do you do about it? Because Craig, if I take what you said literally. We could go into a retro because of safety. We're not allowed to talk about that issue. You know, it's like, ooh, secrets. Whoa, whoa. We can't I talk. didn't I didn't say anything about not talking about the issue. I said we're not talking about why this person screwed up. Well, but what I'm saying is if you have a if you have a person who's not following the leadership by example. Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. You're whoa. I'm taking what you're, you said you're, very you're, literally. Well, you're 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 coming at it from you're wow. So they're not taking the leadership by example, but what we want is for them to be leading by example. You're, you're, it sounds like you've got the mindset that the leadership needs to lead by example so that the followers will take leadership, but that's, that's not what we're looking for. We're well, looking for those followers be, to become leaders. That's what I'm saying. So what if you have the scenario where you've got, you've got a great team, you know, you, you, you might have a leadership person or you've got... You know, everyone on the team. Leadership doesn't come from leadership by example, though. It comes from trust and from being uh, not afraid to to make mistakes, to put yourself out there in a leadership role and not to have consequences if you mess up. Well, it it comes from modeling a behavior within an environment where people perceive, again, they perceive that they see the impact and they believe that they are empowered to to follow with similar actions. So which goes to trust. Okay. yes. So which is and we've so with things we've established on the podcast thus far, this is a desired aspect for a a desired quality for people to have within self-organizing teams. Do we have agreement on that? empowerment is the most important word you just said there. Okay. Although Um, that's a loaded word and some people don't like it, but whatever. I think we get the intent. So, okay. So we're all, we're all hanging on here yet. Cause I wouldn't try to figure out where it breaks because it breaks somewhere along the line here. So we've got, our goal is to have um, empowered to use Craig's word, people that can lead by example on a self-organizing team where Ideally, we see we and when I say we, it's all the team members can see a crisscross of good behavior occurring that provides value. And then for whatever reason, you have the one or two people that do not align to that pattern for who knows what reasons. What do we do? And the people are you're saying the people are what poor performers, Jason? So I'm going to go back to some simple examples that I know we can go to reality TV and they have lots of examples. People that fly under the radar and and could be could be said to be holding back. Sandbaggers. uh, (laughs) Yeah, sandbags, (laughs) dead weight, anchors on the sailboat, whatever. Okay, or maybe people that are, I want to say, deliberately sabotaging the overall intent of the group. I mean, you see that on reality TV all the time. And um John, it even kind of goes back to some of the comments you just made that, you know, okay, am I really doing this 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 poor behavior to make a point or am I doing it to be spiteful to the team? Because maybe maybe I have a personality conflict. Maybe I don't fully buy into the vision or the objective of the team. Um, And and I mean, those things happen. Uh, So maybe I don't like the technical direction we're taking for how we're going to refactor the code. Otherwise, though, it is what Amos would say. So something like that. So how could we I think what you were asking then is how could we as as members of the team, not as necessarily anointed leaders of the team, but how could we as members of the team get together and and take action on the issue of the people flying under the radar? What what do we 
not what do we do about weight. that? So, because I think what we're saying here is that this idea of leadership by example is very aspirational. And I think that I hope my hope for the world is that this works on most teams. But I'm being mindful that there may be those teams that have, for whatever reason, people on them where this this aspirational mindset of working together does not align to what those people are motivated to focus on. Right. So the the thought here is how do we get that, you know? And and you know, it it depends, you know, obviously. Um sometimes if the the values of that person don't align with the values of the team, then they probably don't belong on the team. So we honestly. should have call Jeff Probst and have tribal council and vote them off the island. I sometimes like sometimes voting them off the island has worked. Okay. Um and, it's worked on some okay. teams that I've been on. It's one time it's at least it's worked by getting me off of the team. Well, to be fair, I hope people hear that because it's something to say that, you know, that sometimes we again we say that, you know, if we find a critical incompatibility of people, uh, either be it the, a team and a person or just a, a person who doesn't align to this mindset of kind of modeling behavior, it may not work out, which is okay. Um, we need, I, I call those misalignments. So, but, but thank you, Craig, because that's, yeah, that's a key thing I want people to realize that there comes a point in time where you got to say, this is not working out. I mean, you know, baseball, three strikes, something has to change or something. I don't know, but go on. <laughs> uh, uh, mixing the metaphors there. Um, so I found that most of the time when um, you have to let someone go or, you know, move them off a team or whatever, it's usually better for them as well as the team. So. I, I try to tell people not to feel bad about doing that because it usually is better for both sides. It sounds like though, that that's probably not your first course of action <laughs> with a team no. is to try to vote somebody off. So are there other, and, and how does that, I think we've sort of maybe strayed from lead by example, which is, is totally fine. Uh, but, but maybe how does it tie back to how can we, try to lead by example. Maybe maybe the assumption is that people have been leading by example all the time, but the lead, the leading by example hasn't been enough to inspire our our person who's who's not gelling with the rest of the team or who has the performance issue, not inspiring them enough to uh to bring their performance up to a, an acceptable level in the with the group. I guess I have a different mindset usually that I don't usually try to blame a person for not performing as much as um, not having the right opportunity, not having the the right environment. Um, actually, I, I'm on a new project and I kind of feel that way right now um, myself that, you know, I've, I've succeeded in projects very similar to this, but um, struggling to get sort of integrated on a team that's been around for two years uh, no one new has joined the team in two years and I'm joining now and, um, struggling because I, uh, there's, there's not an onboarding process and, and, you know, the team is, has gelled with the, the four people that are there for two years and now I'm a new element. Um, so the question is how do I, um, how do we make that environment work better for me? So Craig is asking for advice. <laughs> This is the fun part of the podcast. I, I suppose, the funny thing is I didn't realize that coming into this podcast. That's okay. But listen, I got some advice. Actually, I'm going to refer to a um, – um, so we just had uh, – as I mentioned a few times, we just had our Agile Midwest Conference here in St. Louis in October 2017. And I helped to organize the program with another um, another buddy from St. Louis, Brian Bunn, who's helping to organize Agile 2018. So this is where I can pull conference stuff out from la- from actually last week. You guys missed it. But we had a session that uh, was presented by Jessica Katz. She's from Nashville. And she did a whole session about how to create an environment for wholeness and creativity. And she talked a lot about, um, well, again, this idea of what they call yes. wholeness. Wholeness. And so, Craig, my advice, and this, this, is, this is things that I, can, I took away from Jessica's talk, was to, and this is just for you or for anyone, bring your whole self to work. And what what she meant by this, and I thought this was very impactful, is to enable you to model behaviors and others to model behaviors to promote safety, you need to own yourself. So what that means is, hey, I'm having a bad day because you know what? I got crap happening in my personal life. You should own that and let other people know that 
so they can be mindful of you're working through that and they don't start to impose false bias upon themselves because, Oh my gosh, is it, did we do something to Craig? Did, did we impact Craig? Is, is Craig freaking out? Oh, oh, oh. you want to avoid that. Cause so if you should own that and say, um, you know, again, I got something going on and I'm working through it, you know, and let and make a promote awareness of that. A, a, a practice to do that, that I'll just throw out there for people that like practices. Um, if you're familiar, what's called the check-in protocol, it's one of the core protocols um, uh, by the McCarthy's. So it's like, you know, are by my mad, sad, glad, happy, you know, you, you pick four emotions and then you introduce yourself to your colleagues by saying, you know, Hey, my name's Jason today. I'm happy. And you tell people why, or you tell them why you're mad, or you tell them what you're what you're what you're fearful of. But that kind of open dialogue about yourself promotes safety in the workplace, and I'd say is a behavior that everyone is able to model to help each other that they that that they work around. And and I already gave you the 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 advice you need, Craig. It's just ask everybody on the team for a dollar. Uh it's it's a remote team, hundred percent remote, uh, and I already thought like that's not going to work for me. They can, oh, free they pick, can Venmo. Free pick. Yeah, we have to be recording today on uh, what is it, the seventeenth of October. So today is what pay back a friend day, thanks to Bank of America and their new mobile app. Plug. So Craig, no excuses. You could use the mobile app and send money. No, no uh, plugs. They should okay, pay us weird. for that commercial. You you oh, do Venmo or Square they're, Cash. They're going to be our newest sponsor because we're promoting their new mobile app. It's great. So I'm going to ask a person to send me a dollar remotely so I can <laughs> buy use the Vinny machine at my home. Right. See, right. it's it's not going to work. Ah, damn it. That's a positive. We better scheme come there. up with some other some other uh, recommendations. Uh, it, so I saw them a couple weeks ago in person, but that's not going to happen for a long time again. Uh, I, if I would have known the trick, I might have tried it with someone. Do you? Well, see- no, it's. It's funny. You could do core protocols. Um, lots of people do it like on Skype. I mean, it works great for remote teams. Now, and the dollar thing, I don't know about that. That's John's crazy stuff, but <laughs> it's just crazy I, enough. It just might work. I'm just trying to give advice for people that are listening. Again, core protocols, again, own yourself. If you're having a bad day, let people know why. And I'd even say, again, one of the most respectful things you can do is if for some reason you're like not in it, you know, you're having that bad day and you cannot engage in your work. Is it really respectful of for you to bring your team members down by saying, oh, fine, I'm just going to come to work and just be that be that person today? It's like, Bleh. you know, it's uh, take a day off. You know, um, uh, something that I'll admit I've done as a manager, I've sent people home because you could tell that, dude, you are just not in it today. And uh, is that building trust or hurting trust, though? That's a good uh, question. You know? Craig. Or is it selfish? That is a really good question. Um John, arbitrate for us, please. <laughs> oh, I, I I'd think love it can go to. either way, though. I'd love to. Yeah, I I think it can. It definitely can go either way. It it would depend on uh, on the context. It would depend on on how how it is uh, how the request is made or how it's decided for the person to go home. If you offer to the person, hey Craig, it really seems like you're having a rough day. I think it'd be better for you if you took the rest of the day off. The team totally is supportive of you. Go ahead and, and you know take the day, get your stuff squared away. Come back to us tomorrow or the next day when you're when you're ready to start hitting it hard again. Uh, I think the the danger, Jason, with with bringing your whole self to work all of the time is that uh, that could really wear on people, especially if you're one of those people that sort of wears your emotions on your sleeve. And so you're, you know, oh, my cat yacked on my face last night and I didn't get any sleep or, uh, you know, my, my kid spilled milk on my pants when I was trying to get out the door this morning and I'm, I'm pissed off. It's like some of that you need to sort of leave at home or leave in the parking lot or something and, and shake it off a little bit and not be so uh, and not be so delicate that every little thing in your life is derailing you in a way where you need to go. You need a day off frequently. Craig? Um, so I've found that as, I, if, as I've gotten older, I've become more self-aware. And I think that's a great tool um, for what we're talking about here. Um, so basically, and, and I actually have an instance uh, a couple weeks ago where I was like, uh, you know, we have a like a Skype or a, uh, we have a channel uh, 
communication, like an IRC type channel. Um, and I kept whining and bitching about things. And then I'm like, wow, I'm really whiny today. <laughs> and, and realized that, you know, I literally typed that out. I'm really whiny today. And then realized it and, you know, stopped whining to, to my team. Um, what was the response from the team? <laughs> I think they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they kind of gave me that feedback. Uh, yeah, we noticed before you said that. Um, and we're glad that, 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 that I did notice and could change my behavior because of that. So, Ch- Jason, did I did I successfully arbitrate the the decision? I think you did, John. I appreciate. It. I think you kind of took my statement and you put it into a little more context for our listeners. That being that, um, unless there's truly a safety or you know HR facilitated scenario where you have to you know have a have a team member leave, it should be offered as an option. I think. I think one of the things, again, going back to that presentation I mentioned from the, the conference here in St. Louis about, about wholeness and safety in the workplace is that as a manager or a leader, people may not know what their options are or they may not feel comfortable saying, you know what, I just need to take time off. So if you're in a position to serve as an advocate for them and say, listen, if you need to take some time off just to kind of get yourself you know, back to where you feel you feel rounded and you feel grounded, sorry, you feel well-rounded and you're grounded in our work please take that time. Um, I think that's something that we can, again, people who are in management positions can remind people of that if that's necessary. Uh, but at the say, at the end of the day, it's, 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 so what Craig said, it's very impactful for you to be self-aware to say that, you know, Hey, I'm bringing the team down today. And so really to demonstrate my, my, my trust and my leadership to support the team, the best thing for me to do is to take some time away so I can reset. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And you know, Craig, one of the, when you bring up the topic of leading by example, one of the things that struck me about that is how can a team of uh, you know five six individuals how can how can you lead by example in a way that can help people who are sort of operating under this bystander effect? How can we draw mm. them into the leading by example? And maybe it's maybe it's not a th- Maybe they, I don't know, maybe it's something that can't be accomplished, but I thought it'd be interesting to hear what you guys so, thought about that. I mean, well, I guess when I brought this topic up, my main thought was was the team of leaders that, that you know, basically the high-performing team that Amos and I like to always talk about. And, 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 and I was thinking about, you know, leadership by example and how it gets you to that team, team full of leaders. Um, ironically, I think one of the answers is, for the people in the more leadership positions and the more alpha people to um, be comfortable enough to take a step back um, when and, and let other people lead, and and I guess and even at, maybe even ask people to not not um, specifically ask them to lead, but ask them um, questions that sort of are leading questions to to help them. Uh, move into that leadership role in a, in a given situation, but but I should I get that Craig as a coaching strategy, but you got to be careful with the way those questions are asked because they can also, if not phrased properly, they can also foster distrust. No, it's more like uh, I'm I'm thinking about the situation where um, I know Jason is has more experience in a particular part of the let's say the code. And, uh, you know, there's a architectural decision that needs to be made by the team. And I could say, hey, Jason, what do you think about this? Um, and, and sort of just let you give an answer that's just by the, the context is sort of a, a leadership, um, slight leadership role, sort of leading us in a direction. And I think maybe the, the converse of that or the flip side of that approach, Craig, is is one that I've used as well, which is when uh, you have a team full of people and, and, and half of the people are, are really talkative and are the first ones to offer up their suggestions is oh, yeah. to is to take a pause in there and say, why don't we ask Joe over here who he hasn't said anything in a while and I'll bet Joe has a really great idea and let, let Joe be the one to answer the question. And, and I very often on teams hold back from speaking for his as long as I can, 
uh, almost to the to the point of being ridiculous. And a lot of times I'll get looks from people <laughs> on the team and they're like, why are you being so quiet? You know, and it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with you guys. You're handling this. I, there's nothing mm. that I need to say. I trust what you guys are doing. Uh, to, to even wind that out, I've been on teams where um, even if you ask a person, they won't they won't say much. Um, and so um, in retrospective, um, to, to make sure that you accept written answers, not just people shouting out or going around the room. Um, some people are so shy that they don't just want to uh, speak a lot if you're even if you're calling them. Um, so sort of working around people's personalities or working with them, let's say, um, working towards their strengths uh, so that you get their input, even if it's not uh, a way you typically would think about getting input from people. Well, the next time I get to pick the podcast topic, I'm going to talk about the role of leadership and creating safety for teams because that's kind of what we've waltzed into here yeah oh yeah and when you need to be very careful if we're going to play call if we're going to do the call on the quiet person game that be very 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 unsafe for i want to say what, what you're describing craig is the idealistic scenario where we're assuming there's a safe environment and so if we call on someone because they happen to be maybe they're more soft-spoken they're not loud mouths like us that do podcasts they will be able they will be inclined to share. But what I think we want to make I want to make sure people don't lose track of is there's a lot of other situational factors that actually, if not if not employed to create that safe environment where people can be can be whole themselves, asking someone to provide specific input can be very threatening actually to where they will disengage and shut down completely. Yeah, you make a good point, Jason and I appreciate the clarification because my approach would would first be to know that the person is comfortable with providing an opinion before I would before I would throw the ball so to speak over to them and say what do you think cuz the last thing I would want to do is throw the spotlight on somebody that already had uh already had public speaking uh concerns or you know general safety concerns with speaking openly on the team uh, so that's definitely Public a prerequisite. Speaking. It's not, you're not talking at a conference. You're talking to, you're talking, you're having a dialogue with people that you work with on a team. Uh, uh, people, people even have trouble with that though. I understand I, that, but I, that's, I've had it with uh, that is a symptom of a greater problem. Um, so no, sometimes, sometimes it's just personalities, man. I um, get that. And, and I've, I've had it on a team. And and I tried a few things, and some of them didn't work, and some worked really well. Like the anonymous post-it notes and a retrospective on that team is is what worked well. Well, and that um, goes back to a, a playing a game of Pictionary did not. Yeah, and, and that goes I back, just, Jason, to I, one of the key uh, methods of facilitation, right? Quiet writing, spending some time up front, quiet writing to give everyone equal uh, equal footing to share their you thoughts. Know, I would say yes and no to that, John, because, again, in the business that I'm in, I, I think – and trust me, I, I'm known. I'm known for being Mr. Pragmatic. And, you know, so – but I think sometimes in the Agile community, we are too quick to jump to the practices and the sticky notes and all this stuff. And we need to take a step back and just look at the overall environment and the kind of the safety of the of the scene. Because you can, again, I've seen teams have completely effective dialogue-based retrospectives without using any sticky notes or any games because they trust each other. And and they, they work at it, so they trust each other. And I've seen teams that because they don't have a foundation of trust or they have they don't have unified trust that is inclusive of all team members, they could do all the sticky notes, silent writing, story cubes, Lego, whatever, and it's completely ineffective because they don't have that foundation. So we should be careful about you just can't throw sticky notes in front of someone and expect it to say, oh, we've got this beautiful, safe environment. We could all now talk about how we can work together. It doesn't work that way. Um, wow, so, I'm not sure what that voice was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was the safety person. I don't know. It's a new character on the satchel line. You, you know, you know, Jason is known for letting people get a word in edgewise. So I, <laughs> I guess we should listen to him here. <laughs> no, I mean it. 
depends on the personalities like in cultures like some people grew up in a culture where you know you don't you don't speak unless spoken to or you know you're just quieter than other cultures and so you have to do you have to work around those things i was yeah, so- operating under the the uh the new agile principles of safety as a prerequisite so assuming that we already had safety and that the reason we were using sticky notes was was just to give some of the softer spoken or or less willing to speak up folks uh, or, equal footing or writ- written thinkers you know versus verbal oh, thinkers yeah. that's the thing yeah. i got that but this way john john called it out is that safety as a prerequisite and there's a lot of i want to say leadership and contextual factors that go into establishing safety more so than just you know, that occur long before the session when the sticky notes will ever be employed. True, true. So. I, I wasn't trying to imply that sticky notes were going to solve all your problems with uh, uh, people not sp- st- speaking up. So let me give you something else then, if I can go back and be Mr. Primatic here, that I think everyone could do. And this is a leadership by example thing. And does, it can be done with sticky notes. Or it could just be done through conversation. So, and that is the, I would say, the leadership behavior of providing appreciations to other people. Yeah, I love appreciations. So, and figuring out some mechanism, because what I've observed is that, you know, that's something that leaders can model. But I think that's something that people can model just because it's, just because it's a good thing. It inevitably makes you, if you're giving the appreciation, feel good because you're, kind of sharing your number one you got to think about it number two it it, you know it kind of says helps you understand you know your values and then number three you feel good when you share that with someone else because you see how it impacts them i can imagine on the recipient side again we've all been there so it it has the same impacts for us too so i would say that's something if you want to like to file some um Simple advice from this podcast since we've given a lot of complex advice tonight uh that this Uh, idea of again how can you give appreciations, be it in a retro, at a stand-up, at lunch on Friday, whatever? Do something for it. And don't be afraid to do it yourself and maybe set the example that others could follow and start to align to. Yeah, so that's a yeah. good lead by example, right? Oh, yeah. Like giving a retro and you're the facilitator, you know, you, you could start with the, the appreciation your, yourself. So I appreciate that Craig has given us this wonderful topic tonight that to talk about that I had nothing to do with. That's a good one because sometimes I come up with six topics. So I appreciate that someone else set the direction of our conversation. And also I appreciate that, like me, John has gone on some uh, – given some – crazy coaching advice tonight since i'm talking about sending people home and john's talking about doing other crazy things too so there's two of us out there that have to level set each other so i appreciate you john thank you for doing that oh thank you thank you jason thank you for your voices your many voices you bring to the podcast (laughs) big enterprise mr safety concern uh those are all very very appreciated you know i wanted to point something else out as, as we were talking about leading by example and trying some of these crazy things uh, that we've, we've recommended maybe tonight, Jason, is that I've tried a number of, of crazy things and I didn't think they were crazy at the time um, to, in, in, a, in an effort to lead by example. And when you, when you commit to that, you really have to commit to it 100%. The thing that you're going to try and do is leading by example uh, because... In a, in a whole bunch of cases, these things that you try will fall completely flat on their face because other people just won't pick up the rope and, and follow, follow the thread. You know, they'll, they'll see you leading by example, uh, but they never, never follow, I, I guess. I think sometimes you have to invite them to, to lead. I would just be satisfied if they... If they followed, you know, I would been willing to <laughs> invite them to follow one. I'll give you a concrete example of, of where this happened. And Jason made me think of it with the expressions of appreciation. I was on a very large team and it was difficult for people to express appreci- appreciation for each other, you know, just because of the size, but also because the culture 
was not one in which people were very frequently given appreciation, and I was trying to help undo some of that. Uh, but but my efforts were were for naught. You know, I encouraged others to uh, express appreciation. I even bought little sticky notes that were sort of pre-printed with uh, some just fill in the blanks. Thank you for such and such and handed them out, but um, it, it just never really caught on. It was a good try, though. So I, I guess I, I, I did that, John. I think that's a classic example of when, again, in the Azure community, we jump into the sticky notes of the games before we take a step back to look at the environment from a safety perspective or from an incentive and motivation perspective to see are people motivated and I'm even going to say incented from however value is being generated to want to contribute to that type of an activity. Yeah, I just want to say that um, if if you're, you want to improve the leadership of your team, look at the incentives that they've got. Um, if you're stack ranking them, you're not going to get teamwork. You're going to get individuals trying to jump over each other, and that's going to not lead to leadership. It's going to lead to backstabbing um, or you know trying to get ahead. Um, so, so look at your culture. Look at the, the incentives that you're giving your team members um, and make sure that they are leading to safety um, and trust and the ability to work as a team so that you can enable uh, your team members to step up and lead. This week's hottest picks. All right, Craig, what do you have for your picks this week? Um, I've got two books this week um, that both came out pretty recently. Uh, the first one is by uh, Robert Martin, also known as Uncle Bob. Uh, pretty familiar in the Agile circles as well as some other programming circles. Um, and say what you may about Uncle Bob. Um, he has released a long-awaited book called Clean Architecture. Um, so I was first exposed to this idea uh, in a talk he gave at Ruby Midwest back in 2011. And uh, he talked about how to, how to sort of um, model your architecture for uh, web apps and, and, and non-web apps um, in a different way. And he kind of, you know, gave sort of the framework for how to do this. And, and, and I made the silly mistake of asking um, if he could show us. And it took him six years to show us. Um, he's, he's got an article or two, but this book is him finally showing us. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing the details in that book. Um, going to order it tomorrow. Uh, the other one um, is a book by Neil Ford and Rebecca Parsons called Building Evolutionary Architectures. Um, it's basically in the same vein, uh, probably a little bit more um, uh, how, to, how to be more agile at your uh, architecture. So those are my two picks. Yeah, great. The, the, I really am looking forward to that book, Craig. So you say it's available for like order tomorrow? Uh, I think it's been available for a couple of days now. Well, um, I, I, it's It's been on Safari actually for uh, two weeks, I think. I really enjoy Uncle Bob's writing, so I look forward to reading that one. And that inspired me to add a pick to my list, so I'll go next. Uh, the first one that I have is a video on YouTube. It's called The Mother of All Demos, and Craig's actually already seen this one. I hadn't seen it before, but it's a, it's from like the 1960s, late 1960s, 1968, actually. A guy named Douglas Engelbart is demoing things like drag and drop using a mouse uh, video conferencing, uh, just a, a lot of hyperlinking. You know, it's like way before it's time. And My it was, gosh, it's like before Steve Jobs and it's like before Scrum. Wow, I didn't know we did demos before Scrum, John. I know. How? Who would have thought? Oh, amazing. It's a fun watch. It's long. I mean, it's fun if you're a geek. It's not fun. <laughs> if, it's not fun if you're not a geek because it's very dry, you know, but. Uh, and then the last pick I'll give is uh, is a book that uh, pretty much everybody that works at Worldwide has to read. It's called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. But uh, based on what we talked about tonight, I think there's a lot of stuff in that book that could be uh, relevant to our conversation. So I'll include a yeah. link to it in the show. Yeah, listener challenger, go out and read the book, and then you guys should send us all feedback about how we may or may not align to the qualities that are per, that are professed in that book oh, based upon some of the things we said tonight. We are definitely dysfunctional. Yes. <laughs> yep. All right, Jason, what are your picks? 
I got tips. So um, very much uh, related to the conversation tonight, um, I want to put a pick for liberating structures. We had a session on this at the um, the Agile Midwest Conference, and related to our topic tonight, liberating structures is a collection of really de- well-designed frameworks for specific types of conversations with groups. So uh, there's a there's a um, there's a website uh, liberatingstructures.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. There's also a handy mobile app. So if you want to download the mobile app, you can get that from your your favorite app store. That has um, almost like kind of a guide that will say based upon the type of scenario, this is the type of structure. When they say a structure, it's again it's a way to stage a conversation to get to a specific outcome. So very much a tool that everyone could use to enable you to lead by example. So uh, liberating structures, check it out. Also, in keeping with the longstanding tradition, always have to have a live event pick. So this week's live event is something that I'm recommending. And we talked about this again at the Agile West Conference coming up in the Kansas City, Missouri area in November 2017, November 8th, 2017. This is right after the Lean Agile Kansas City Conference Um uh, Billy Schupeltz, uh, who led a session on imposter syndrome in the audacious salon at Agile 2017 down Orlando, is going to recreate that session for the Kansas City crowd again. Uh, Wednesday morning, November 8th at the Kansas City area. We'll put a link on the show notes. It's being done as a post-conference workshop yeah, so for those who may be going to the lean, the lean Agile Kansas City conference, hang around for a little for an extra day. Check this out. You will understand what imposter syndrome is, and you will walk away with firsthand experience about how it impacts all of us. So yes, John and Craig, you should go there too. Or if you're someone who's aspiring to lead by example, you should go check out Billy's workshop in Kansas City on imposter syndrome on November eighth, twenty seventeen. So, John, those are my picks. I'm afraid to go to a conference, though, Jason, because I have imposter syndrome. Well, that's you. Woo! That's a topic right there, John, because we could say that the way conferences work and the way they're promoted may help to encourage imposter syndrome in many people who are selected <laughs> or are not selected to present. Woo! I went there. Scary. I, I was thinking that imposter syndrome, helping people with their imposter syndrome, might help the the team uh, safety and trust very much and or being able to bring your whole self to work. So, yeah. um, so again, wow. check out Billy's workshop. The fact, again, we could do a whole um, podcast episode on imposter syndrome. It is a very much a, uh, I want to, it's sad that it's taken this long to become a trending topic in the agile community, but it's definitely a trending topic. So <gasps> John, do I dare say deep? Tease? I think you do dare say deep tease. Oh, I didn't know if that was allowed or not. Oh, did I break the rules? That's all right. You can always edit it out. Nah, uh, we'll keep that. Is Amos so uh, that'll aggravate pick. him? Yeah, but yeah. Please bring Amos for the for the imposter syndrome episode. That'd be great. Uh, but a deep tease then. So uh, as a bonus pick on imposter syndrome coming soon to an episode of This Agile Life near you. And keep living this agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of Agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.